0: The city of Bethlehem is a very ancient city. It sits on a hill some very few miles out of the city of Jerusalem. In fact, the name Bethlehem from the old Hebrew Bethlechem means the house of bread. And into this house of bread was born one night long ago one who called himself the bread of life. In the ancient world, Bethlehem had come to be known as the city of David... For it was here that David the king was born, and it was here that he was first anointed to be king by Samuel. And though it is not sure that in that ancient world all roads did in fact lead to Rome at one time, as they used to say, it is a fact that on that Christmas day long ago, many roads led to Bethlehem both before and after that night. 111 years ago this Christmas, an American preacher named Phillips Brooks came in his travels of the Holy Land to the city of Bethlehem on a, New year's Eve, on a Christmas Eve. In 1865, Phillips Brooks had toured that part of the world and had just spent two glorious weeks in the city of Jerusalem studying and seeing the places there that are so familiar to us through our Bibles. And on that Christmas Eve, 1865, Phillips Brooks came to Bethlehem. He wrote to his church back in Philadelphia that night a letter. And he said, It seems as I knelt to pray this night that I could hear the voices of those whom I loved halfway around the world singing the praises of the Lord Jesus. Several years after he returned from that trip, Phillips Brooks, with the memories of that Christmas still warm in his heart, set to write a little song for his Sunday school. It has become a classic, a cherished standard Christmas hymn that all of us love. And with that memory fresh in his heart, Phillips Brooks sat to write these words. O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie above thy deep, and dreamless sleep the silent stars go by. Yet in thy dark street shineth the everlasting light. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. And so this morning I want us to consider some of the roads that led to Bethlehem. And see if we may not discover some of the things that they discovered there. And some of the warmth some of the love, some of the excitement that captured Phillips Brooks' imagination as he went to Bethlehem that night. The first road to Bethlehem I would note this morning is the road of obedience. It is the road traveled by Joseph and Mary. Here were two very simple Jewish peasants They were insignificant in the Roman Empire. They had no real effect on anything that went on around them. And yet here were their lives touched by the power of Rome. They were frightened young people. Their lives had been set upside down by the revelation that Mary was to conceive a child without benefit of a man. And that child was to be the son of God. Joseph had had to accept and to understand what was going on. And as they went through this pregnancy and as the days grew near, the decree came down from Rome that every man must take his family and go to the city of his family's origin and there register with Rome. They did not have as much effect on the Roman Empire as any two of us would have on the bureaucracy in Washington. And yet here they were, faithfully, going to honor the law, traveling to Bethlehem. Their road of obedience is a road of obedience to due authority. Chances are very good that Joseph and Mary could have stayed home. The baby could have been born peacefully at home. And Rome would never have known the difference. But this man was a godly man. And he recognized and honored the authority that God had given to government. He perhaps had misgivings. Doubtless Rome did many things that disturbed him as often she did. But still he was going to obey. And he was on the road of obedience to do authority. Going to Bethlehem at that time. He had no effect on Rome, but still he was touched by her power. And there is a lesson for us to learn. If we are to travel with Christ, it will be a road of obedience to authority. For the scriptures tell us that there is no authority that is not given by God. That does, mean, does not mean that government is always godly, that laws are always just. But God has invested in government authority. And as you and I, Christians, as we obey the law, God will provide. God will take care of us. But Paul says, beware and remember that the state does not bear the sword in vain. For to obey, disobey the laws of man, whether they are just or not, is to disobey God. For God has invested authority in the state. He has promised to care for us as we obey that authority. This road of obedience was a road of obedience to do authority. But then it was a road of obedience to divine admonition. Joseph and Mary did not understand what was happening, they didn't know why they had to go. They were uneasy, they were frightened, and yet God had spoken. God had given them this child and they knew that if they obeyed God, God would take care of them. Over 700 years before this event, the prophet had written not only the place but the circumstances surrounding the birth of Jesus Christ. And though they perhaps did not know all of the prophecy that they might have known, nor did they relate that prophecy to their situation, Still, God's word was true and God's admonition must be followed as they traveled that road. You and I must understand in life that God is under no obligation to give us a full explanation of what he tells us to do. God is under no obligation to tell us exactly what's going on. The only thing you and I have to do is to obey God and leave him to the consequences. What do you think would have happened? If Israel had appointed a study committee on the banks of the Red Sea to decide whether they were going to proceed across the sea or not, they would have died on the banks of the sea. But you see, they didn't consider God's will, they just did it. The water split and they walked across the sea on dry ground and the God who split the ocean can handle anything that we face. He can provide And our task in the church is not to be able to figure it out It is not to put the pencil to it It is not to be logical It is not to do what sounds reasonable It is to obey God And He is the God of the impossible The God of the unreasonable He is the God who said through the prophet My ways are not your ways Neither are my thoughts your thoughts For as high as the sky is above the earth So are my ways different than yours. But you may rest assured, as Mary and Joseph did, of one thing. God Almighty has never promised anything that He will not find a way to deliver it. And that day, the road of obedience that Mary and Joseph traveled was primarily a road of obedience to divine admonition. But then look again with me. You will find there the road of faith the road of faith as traveled by the shepherds on the hillside. Here were simple men, simple but God-fearing, hard-working men who were watching flocks that winter night. And when their day was completely upset by a heavenly appearance, they did not question it. They did not back away from it. They drank in all that they heard. And then in faith, They acted on what God had revealed to them. They heard the first Christmas message. It was a sermon preached by an angel with a heavenly choir at his back. It was a message that dispelled fear. For the first thing that he said was, fear not. It was a message that brought joy. He said, I bring you good tidings of great joy. It was a message that contained a Universal invitation. For the angel said, These good tidings shall be to all people. And it was a message that magnified Christ. For the climax of the message was, There is a baby born tonight who is Christ the Lord. Oh, what a revelation that was. The Jews had some vague concept of a Messiah, a Christ, an anointed one from God. But when the angel said, Christ the Lord, in the Hebrew tongue, he used the word for God. And he said, this Christ is God. And his message magnified the Lord. I would point out to you also, lest you think that music has no place in the church, they heard the first Christmas cantata. For when the angel had preached his message the heavenly choir tuned up and began to sing a a cantata. They sang of a glorious God for they sang glory to God in the highest. They sang of a needed peace as they sang on earth peace. And they sang of an undeserved blessing as they said on earth peace and goodwill toward men. Oh, what joy must have been in the hearts of those shepherds if something like that happened today an enlightened modern American Christian might immediately seek professional counseling to find out what had gone wrong with his head. But they didn't do that. They didn't do that. Rather they said among themselves let us go and see the thing that the Lord has revealed to us not only did they hear the first Christmas message and the first Christmas cantata they yielded to impulse and sought the king sometimes you and I try to examine God's will God speaks to us, God touches us and we say I'm going to think about it that's never the right thing to do well you see God has never revealed his will to anybody in order for them to consider it God knows what he wants you to do When God reveals himself to us, he wants obedience. They yielded to impulse and they sought the king. And so must we. Notice that they were richly rewarded for their faith. For other than the mother and Joseph, their eyes were the first human eyes to behold the king of kings and lord of lords. But there is another road that I would mention. Not only the road of obedience is traveled by Joseph and Mary, the road of faith as traveled by the shepherds. There was the road of light as traveled by the wise men. These men were mysterious. Their whole existence is shrouded with mystery. History does not reveal who they were, but ancient tradition tells us that they were three very famous kings from the Orient, and they had traveled many months They had come through the Chaldees where Abraham had been called. They had come across mountain ranges and a great desert and a fertile valley. And after months of travel, they had come to the land of Messiah's birth. We do not know who they were, and yet they must have been extremely important men, men of notoriety, because as soon as they arrived in Jerusalem, they were able to command an audience with King Herod. And almost as quickly as they pass on to the scene of Christian history, they pass off again and we never see them again. But theirs is a great lesson to be learned. Theirs was a road of light. And I would point out to you that here is great desire. Here is great desire. You or I had a revelation from God of such tremendous magnitude as they did and we were going to have to travel across our world to find it. We might tend to say, well, that's interesting, Lord. I'll be happy to read about it in the newspaper. Or I'll watch the television. Surely network news will cover that magnificent event. But at the expense of great effort, these men had left their homes riding camels that traveled three miles an hour and had come completely across their world to find Messiah. Here truly is great desire. And when men have such a tremendous desire for God that they are willing to go to any length to find Him, God will honor that desire. Here again is glorious determination. They would not be deterred. They would not be delayed. They quite naturally went to Jerusalem for certainly a king, they thought to themselves, must be born in a palace. But not finding him there, they pushed on to an obscure little village. And so great was their desire that they entered the little hillside. Stable, perhaps dug out of the side of the hill, a little grotto, a little cave behind the inn. And even there, they found him so great was their determination. They would not be deterred. And sometimes when we wonder why the fellowship of God escapes us, could it be that we are so little determined to know Him, to find Him, to seek Him, that anything that comes along pushes Him aside and out of our lives. Here is great desire and glorious determination. But here also is gracious deliverance. They were delivered that day from themselves. I believe that as they found the baby, they found more than an obligation to honor I believe that as they found him, they found God in honor of their determination. For you see, there were no trappings of majesty. A stable does not lend itself to thoughts of royalty. There were no crowns about. There was no scepter in the baby's hand. There was no royal purple about his body. And yet there was something about that baby that when they saw him, it made them think of crowns and royal robes. And palaces, and they found their gracious deliverance from their sin and from themselves, and they become the first fruits of the Gentile nations. It surprised Peter when God sent the Holy Spirit to save Gentiles under his ministry, but Peter should not have been surprised for the first fruits of the Gentile nations had been born on the day and in the days following the birth of Jesus Christ. They found deliverance from Herod, for Herod doubtless would have done them harm as he sought to discover the baby's location. But being warned of God, they went home a different way. And we need to be reminded again that all of those who followed the roads to Bethlehem did not return by the same road. Joseph and Mary, being warned of God, took the baby and fled into Egypt and then later back to Nazareth. But they went back a different way. The shepherds went home, men with a new heart, a heart of joy. And the scriptures tell us that they spread abroad the saying which was told them concerning the child. And the wise men took a different route as they returned to their homes. And so let us, this Christmas season, go back a different way. Let us leave our hatred and go back the way of love. Let us leave our half-made and half-kept promises to God and go back the way of commitment to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Let us leave all of our prejudice and all of the things that separate us from other people and go back His way, the way of love, the way of joy, the way of concern for other people. Can you this Christmas season say as Phillips Brooks did as he wrote that song, O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us. Today, we hear the Christmas angels, their great glad tidings tell, Oh, come to us, abide with us, our Lord, Emmanuel. May we pray. Father in heaven, we ask that in all of His fullness and in all of His love and all of His glory, the Lord Jesus dwell in us and with us today. Father, I pray that at this Christmas season you would arrest our attention, every one of us. You would remind us whose birthday we celebrate. You would remind us what you've done for us so that we might in turn share with others of your love. Lord, I pray that it won't be just another Christmas. I pray that all of the tinsel and the ornaments and the lights and the gifts We'll not crowd you out. <clears throat> Lord, you took care of Mary and Joseph and the baby when there was no room for them in the inn. But I pray that there'll be room for you in our lives. And that we'll go back another way next year because of a fresh and a real commitment. May every one of us today travel a road of obedience to you, of faith in you. And of light from you. Change our lives. Do with us what you please. And we will praise you for it. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.